Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on the way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're working with our students in the community who are deep within the process of building their own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow, who have stood where you are and on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of the stories we're about to share. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. With that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm Founders Community Manager and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with April Scott who's created her own luxury sleepwear brand called The Villa. She goes into amazing insights about her marketing tactics and everything in between. So I'm super excited to sit down with her today. So let's jump straight in. Hi April, welcome. Thank you so much for being with me today. Why not start by introducing yourself and telling me a little bit more about your business? I guess um, to start, so I'm currently I've got a full-time job and then obviously running the business as a, a bit of a side hustle at the moment. Um, but I started, I guess, wanting to start up a business sort of a couple of years ago um, and just sort of, I guess, was scared to take that leap initially to start with. Um, and then I, I did see the the founder advertisement for the, the, the Start and Scale course and thought, oh, that's, you know, that's something I'd really like to look into, given that, you know, Greta's been really successful in the businesses that she currently has. Um, so, yeah, I guess that sort of kicked off. Then I, you know, signed up, did the course. And for a while, I was sort of stuck, I guess, on what product to actually um, have as mine for my business. And then I ended up finding, you know, the sleepwear. Um, and then I guess actually, you know, starting the process from there with the start and scale. Um, I guess a little bit about myself. So at the moment I'm in mining. So to go from mining obviously is a complete 360 switch to go over into fashion. And there's always, I guess, that there was a, a lot of that self-doubt when I first started around, you know, I haven't, I'm not a designer. I haven't gone to design school. Um, but yeah, just, I guess going through the course um, gave me the confidence to really give it a go. And I guess to understand like, I guess a blueprint of what you actually need to do to start up a successful business and I guess get you onto the right path. Um, so yeah, I guess with the, the sleepwear itself. So I started with, you know, ordering samples from Alibaba um, and getting those across and then, you know, starting up a website, doing the Instagram, start, starting the social media. So yeah, it's been, I guess, really great, but the villa is essentially luxury sleepwear for women. Um, and I guess a lot of our market at the moment is for brides. So we do special events. You know, we've had a lot of people buy, buy for their wedding day, um, maternity shoots, um, <laughs> Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, girls trips. So it's actually been, yeah, I guess really exciting to be a part of people's special days. Um, and then, you know, seeing the stories that they share with us um, through the socials has been amazing, especially the wedding ones. I love that. You know, you see the before and after of, you know, them all dolled up in their sleepwear and then in their wedding dress after. So, yeah, it's been a, a good journey. We've only obviously been running for, oh, I think, just over two months now. Um, so, yeah, we've had pretty good success. We've sold out of some of our items already. So, yeah, um, it's been really good. 
Yeah, I find everything you've mentioned so interesting and I'd love to delve further into some of these aspects. And I think the main thing that you said that might resonate with a few people listening is kind of having that juxtaposition between your current job being, you know, in the mining industry and also breaking into fashion. What was kind of your first initial thoughts when you were thinking, how am I going to juggle my full-time job? That's also FIFO work, so fly in, fly out, but also trying to start this side hustle. What were some of the thoughts going through your mind and the limitations that you kind of ran into? Uh, I think, you know, a lot of the time we give ourselves excuses like, oh, you know, I can't do that because, you know, I've got to do this or I won't have enough time or I don't know how to do it. And I just decided that I would stop giving myself those excuses. Um, And I just really went for it and thought, you know, whatever comes my way, we can handle it. If I need to bring on people, you know, that's essentially what we'll do to get um, the parcels sent out when I'm FIFO at work. So it's just, I think a lot of it is around mentality. So, you know, I could sit here and even now and say, you know, it's long days at work. I'm working sort of 12, 13 hours I'm away on site, but, you know, it's really how bad you want it. And I want it really bad. So, you know, I do work the 12, 13 hour days and then go back to my room um, at camp and then work another three hours, say on the business. And then I'm quite lucky with the roster that I have. It's sort of an even time roster. So then when I'm home, I'm always sort of working on the business and and getting it up to speed. Um, But yeah, I think it's just about giving it a go. That's the biggest thing. And I think a big lesson that I've learned sort of by following other people's journeys with the um, community group is that the product and the packaging, it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect when you first launch. And, you know, as time goes on, you obviously build up and you'll change things. You'll find out what works, what doesn't work. Um, And it's all a big learning curve. But uh, yeah, I guess the biggest thing is just give it a go. Yeah, definitely. And you have such great drive and dedication, even during those long hours. And, you know, being an entrepreneur isn't easy. It's definitely one thing that I've learned through speaking to so many amazing students like yourself. But you've mentioned how also it was kind of a flip from industry. Have you always had your finger on the pulse when it came to fashion trends and beauty trends and things like that? Is that also what kind of put you in this lane? Yeah, I definitely have always loved fashion. I think fashion is such a great thing for people to be able to express themselves. Um, And it really, I guess, you know, whether it's pyjamas or if it's everyday clothes, you know, you you get, it gets to be an expression of your personality. And I just love that, that you can change your look and feel completely different the the next day from what you did the, the day before. Um, and how the, the clothes that you wear can change the overall like confidence that you feel also within yourself. So I've always loved that aspect. Um, but yeah, got into mining when I was quite young. So, but yeah, I guess it is a real passion of mine is to be creative and that's been a big difference. Like I've sort of got a leap in my step, my step again, um, just with stepping into fashion and like sharing it and, and seeing how the customers respond has been amazing. Yeah. And that's the best part is finding that reward and knowing that everyone's loving what you're creating, especially only being two months old and seeing such a bright future ahead of you. I think that's really, really rewarding as well. And you touched upon how it's something that you always kind of wanted to do. What pushed you to finally start? Was it you finishing the course or was it just a moment in your life where you were like, I need to do this and now is a better time than ever? I think I've always wanted something for myself. So I've always been really ambitious, really motivated. So, 
you know, even from a very young age um, with mining. And I guess being a superintendent in mining, it actually, I think, has um, prepared me for running my own business. So, you know, I've hired and fired people. I've managed um, budgets of $19 million. So, you know, I've really built that skill set. And I thought, you know, I can actually do this. Like this is, you know, it's probably a lot less headache than my current job. And all of these things I've already done apart from the design of the fashion wear, obviously, and the e-commerce part. But I mean, the fundamentals of having a business, I've done that in my current job. So, and I think it was just really this moment where I was sort of thinking about what actually makes me happy in life. And I had to reassess, I guess, what does make me happy and what sort of lights me up. And I was finding, you know, whilst I do like my job that I'm in, I wanted something for myself. Like I wanted to create something and say, that's mine. I did that on my own. Um, and I have done that now. And it's, it's such a good feeling. Definitely. And I think it's so interesting how you mentioned your current job also feeds into, you know, your side hustle and helping you with the skills needed to have that Uh, be what it is today. And I think that's really, really important is for anyone listening, just because you're from different industries, it doesn't mean that some skills won't translate into the new industry that you have now. What has been some of those crucial learnings that you've had by starting a business that's only been two months old? Has it been that, you know, your mind's the only limit and you can see yourself in six months times being bigger than ever? Or was it really just taking each step as it came? I think it was really just taking each step as it came. You just got to have the confidence to think no matter what comes up, you can deal with it. You can find the solution. It's just a lot of it is around your mentality. Um, And look, since I started the first week, I think everything that could go wrong probably did go wrong. And um, (laughs) it was a steep learning curve, but it, it, I mean, you grow and you learn as you go. And as long as you're learning, you think, you know, next time I'm not going to do that, I'll do this. And then, you, you know, you're constantly evolving and changing it. It's, um, yeah, it's been good. And I mean, I have made mistakes. I think everyone would on their journey. Yes, definitely. I think, um, you know, we can definitely delve into those learnings when we speak about your launch. But to kind of backtrack a little bit, I'd love to know some of the first steps in how your business came to life. How did you source on Alibaba the range that you wanted to once you decided on sleepwear? Was it lots of samples, lots of testings of fabric? Or were you lucky enough to find someone that you kind of gelled with and you're like, this is the product that I think I really like? Yes. So when I started with Alibaba, I probably ordered I think about five, five to six different sets from different manufacturers. Um, and I did mostly the same design. So I could sort of see, I guess, the quality and test the fabrics that they sent and see, you know, make sure the stitching's all right. And it was the branding looked good with the labels. And it was actually, it was sort of funny to be honest, some of the sets that I got, like they were just chalk and cheese <laughs> compared to each other. Um, But I would definitely suggest people if they are looking at sourcing on Alibaba, you know, go out to the market and at least try, I would say, three to four different manufacturers. Um, And then it's just around, you know, the customer service as well with that manufacturer. So do you get prompt responses? You know, are they open to taking feedback? And are you able to change the designs? You know, what their minimum minimum order quantity is so that you can also customise it um, to have your I guess your logo on, on the clothing. Um, so all of that factored into my decisions with, to go with the manufacturer I went with. And 
you know, to date they've been amazing. So I'm really, I was actually, I think quite lucky. I see some people's stories around, you know, trying to source and um, yeah, it's quite funny, but I was actually quite lucky that I found this manufacturer in the first lot that I ordered. Um, But like I said, yeah, there was some that you just would never even dream of reselling. (laughs) Yes, I think manufacturing and sourcing can be a sticking point for some people. But I think it is great to hear stories like your own where you do get lucky. Well, not even lucky. You just put in the research. You know, you really find someone that resonates with you and your brand and and that can fulfill what your, your vision is, which I think is really amazing. And you gave such great advice there as well. After you found your manufacturer, what was kind of the next steps from there to kind of make the villa come to life? So with the next step, so once I found the manufacturer, then it was around, um, I guess, finding the logo and producing the website and then getting the photo shoot set up. So um, for the website, just went through Shopify, um, as I think most people have with the, the start and scale. Um, and just through the logo, so just with Fiverr, I found Fiverr to be excellent, just for graphic design. Um, it's really easy to use. You can obviously have a look through people's portfolios for graphic design, find what sort of suits you and suits your brand. And then obviously liaise with that person um, for what you need. So whether it's um, like Clavio emails, for example, we use it for that, um, for our um, emailing, also for the logo design. So I've used it for a number of things and it's yeah, it's been really good. Um, then we obviously, you know, had to look at photographers. So who was going to, I guess, photogra- do the photography for the sleepwear. Um, and that was such a big learning curve for me. It's probably the, the bit that made me the no- most nervous because I just think sometimes you don't know what you don't know and never organised a photo shoot before. Um, so, yeah, it was it was interesting. And the photographer was amazing. Um, she was like, you know, don't be nervous. I'll walk you through this. So it's really great when you find other creatives in the industry that, you know, they all sort of help each other out. And that's been amazing. Um, I think with the photo shoot, you know, it's such a high energy vibe when you do a photo shoot and you're working with other creatives. So makeup artists, hair, hair styling and the models as well. And that's probably my been my favourite part today is actually doing the photo shoots and just trying to make it fun and you know get those amazing shots that we can then put on the website so yeah that's been I guess the next steps was getting on the website um, and then looking at the packaging as well so um, that's obviously a big portion as well that's probably one thing I left sort of to the last minute which in hindsight I definitely wouldn't do that I'll look at that at the start Um, But yeah, the packaging, I think, makes a big difference as well. Definitely. I couldn't agree with you more. And I'd love to touch upon kind of those learnings very, very soon as well. But you also mentioned with the photo shoot, I would love for you, if you can, to give a few tips on maybe what made your photo shoot so successful. As you mentioned, it was such a great and uplifting time because I know a lot of people also listening might be in a similar situation where they don't know where to start, where they have their product, they want to be able to market it, but they don't know what to do to have a successful shoot and to be able to use those assets. Do you have any tips or advice for anyone listening? Yeah, definitely. So with the photo shoot, I think one thing that really helped was I actually outlaid the schedule. So sort of half an hour by half an hour, you plan in, you know, when this person's going to be in makeup, when this person's going to be in hair, then when they'll both be available, when the photographer arrives. So just getting really structured with the details on, you know, how the day is going to look. I think the second part that has a big impact is also um, the photographer does this as a standard, so I can't take credit for it, but I, if someone was doing it for themselves, 
Um, we actually do a mood board. So I do a mood board with the photographer. Um, we sort of, I take shots that I have really liked from other shoots or, or angles that they've done, props that they've used. Um, and then I actually give that for the, to the photographer so they can take that and obviously have a, a good understanding of what images you want to not copy for copy, but I guess along the lines of what you want to execute for the day for the shoot. And I think that adds so much. And you obviously, I send that out um, to all of the models as well. So they get a good understanding of what you're looking for in that shoot. And I think that really helps. Definitely. And with those models that you are sourcing, are they people that you'll continue to to use and have relationships with for, you know, further down the track photo shoots or maybe through your marketing on Instagram or socials? Yeah, definitely. So we have done two shoots to date. Um, and for, you know, the second shoot, we used a lot of the same um, creatives and the models. So yeah, makeup artist was the same, hair was the same. Um, Mel was one of the models that we used in the first shoot. So yeah, we've definitely built relationships um, with the models, which has been really good. And, you know, we do a bit of um, TikTok videos and everyone sort of has a bit of a laugh, which is really good to see. And I think it's, yeah, everyone's, you know, there to do their job, but um, have a bit of fun while we're doing it as well, which is nice. Hey there, Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder, and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. You touched us then upon TikTok. What are some of your marketing tactics where you're kind of planning before your launch to help with the success of your launch? Was it, you know, getting your Instagram feed up to scratch? Were you testing different uh, teaser TikToks? What were some of the marketing kind of strategies behind that? When we first start, it was only with Instagram. Um, So we started with, I guess, following the framework with Start and Scale where we tried to build a following prior to launch, I guess, to build a bit of a buzz um, in that space. So with the Instagram, we started that, I think, in July um, and we launched in December. Uh, And we just uh, did, I guess, created a a bit of a mood or aesthetic um, for our brand prior to getting the professional photos and content that we had created. Um, And then once we had that content, obviously, we started uploading that to the Instagram. But I think, um, I guess, social media plays such a huge part in getting people to your store. Um, I think, you know, we've purely focused until oh, probably the last sort of four weeks purely on Instagram and 85% of our referrals to our shop actually come from Instagram. So yeah, it's a huge market and the aesthetic of your Instagram plays such a big part in getting people to your website. So I would definitely recommend like for people to actually look at what are the brands that you really like? What's the Instagram pages that you really like? And what is it different about, I guess, what do they have on their page that makes them so appealing and try and implement that with your business. Um, With TikTok, so I'm still a total newbie with that one. So I'm still learning myself. So I would 
to probably take advice from me at the moment, but um, we do look at, I guess, from the research that I have done, we try and look at um, what um, music is trending uh, with TikTok and then implement that onto our videos, I guess, to get more of a following um, as well. And we found, I guess, when I first started with Instagram, we had a bit of a play around with the boost posts with the different images that we had done. So I had some user generated content and then the professional photos from the photographer. And I was actually really surprised to find that the user generated content far outperformed um, the professional photos from the photographer. Um, so that was really interesting. And it's a good way to test what images actually um, resonate with your audience as well. Like some of the photos, I thought, yeah, this is going to, people are going to love this. And then it was just the complete opposite. So yeah, have a bit of a play. I would recommend with Boost Post. Um, I think you can, the lowest you can do is like $7 for a day. And so get there, have a look at the amount of interactions and the follows and the website taps that you get from that. And it also gives you a bit of an insight into where a lot of your market comes from. So is it Australia? Is it the UK? Is it the United States? Um, and it also breaks down, you know, is majority of your audience female? How, what percentage? And within Australia, where are most of the people coming from in the state? So that helps you as well in terms of your marketing. So it gives you a lot of info that you can utilize. Yeah, they're such great tips. And I'm sure everyone's writing them down vigorously because I, I, I completely <laughs> agree with you. I think it's really great to test and trial and, and to see the conversions that you're actually getting from Instagram to sales um, is it absolutely incredible. And I think, you know, that just is a testament to success that you've had in such a short amount of time as well, which we definitely will touch upon. But one other thing that you mentioned before, you said uh, about your packaging and how you had a lot of learning experiences within yeah. that realm. I would love to hear more about, you know, what were some of those learnings and what is the final stage of your packaging to represent your brand as a luxury sleepwear brand that it is? Yeah, so with our packaging, um, I wanted to have a nice white magnetic box so that, you know, for brides on their special day, it, it gives them an overall feel of what's going to be inside the box. It, it feels like luxury. Um, so I did order boxes from Alibaba, but I actually, so this is my big sort of stuff up story. So people could probably learn up from this. Um, so I organized the boxes and I must've been just really tired and thought that the the person has given me a quote for the shipping for $640. I thought, oh, that's really good. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead with that. Then a week later, once, oh, it was a couple of weeks later, sorry, once the boxes were all ready, it was actually $6,000 um, to get the boxes shipped over. So that was a big learning for me. Um, I ended up having to send some by ship just to try and reduce that um, cost down. Um, but yeah, that's a... Going forward, we've obviously ordered those boxes, we'll utilise them, um, but going forward, we'll probably look at more of a flat pack box that sort of pops up so that the cost from China with the shipping isn't so expensive. Um, but yeah, it was a good learning. And I think, you know, the packaging, it is good to get your branding on. It's another opportunity, um, you know, to put your, your Instagram on there, um, the hashtag that you want people to use. Um, and then with the thank you cards, I think that definitely adds and we put our care instructions in there as well, given that they're the feathered set. So, um, yeah, I guess we just tried to create that luxury feel from the get go when people receive their package and they open it up and 
yeah, I think it's just really special. Mm, and I think having a great user experience and an unboxing experience definitely helps have an even better relationship with your community. And I think even you mentioned it just before with user-generated content, how you're getting that. I think having a hashtag and having those extra little add-ons to your packaging experience can definitely help. And yeah. have you seen a lot of people just tagging your business and, and wanting to share organically? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think um, because it is, I mean, the sleepwear, it's just special. Like it's, you know, with the ostrich feathers, it's just this luxury, like Insta-worthy appeal, I guess, to our um, sleepwear. And we get people share all the time our, um, I guess, the sleepwear, which is good. It's free marketing for us. And it's it's nice, especially like I have so many people DM me on the Instagram to say, oh, I've received my box and, you know, I absolutely loved it. We have brides actually add us to their um, photographer, <laughs> photography um, links that they get from their photographer for their wedding and they're open to sharing all their images. So, yeah, it's just a really, um, I guess, a positive experience and I love getting the feedback. You know, it makes all the hard work worth it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think then in turn, you can use them for your ads, you can use them on your socials. And it's just a nice snowball effect, which I think is really, really beautiful as well. And I would love to speak to you now about your actual launch, because you've mentioned how you've done the hard work, you're putting in all this effort to make this come to life. You launched in December, which I think is a really unique time with Christmas. Um, I'm sure that probably played on your mind with your launch as well. Walk me through setting up for your launch and your launch day, your feelings around actually getting there? So with the launch, so I guess we followed the framework. We've trying to set up a subscribe list um, prior to our launch. So with our socials, we really pushed that, you know, people get 20% off if they signed up to our mailing list. So I think by launch time, we had nearly about 500 people on our mailing list, which I was, I was shocked. I thought we would have 20. I thought 20 was good. Um, so yeah, I, that was really good to see. I think with the launch, um, because of the delay with the packaging, we launched a lot later than what I would have liked, but I was dead set on, you know, sending them out with those boxes. So in hindsight, it probably wasn't the best time to launch at the start of December because people are really looking at, um, Christmas presents and it's not, I guess we hadn't got out there too much to the world around what we were doing. Um, but with the launch itself, so it was just, it's very nerve wracking. I still remember like before I pressed the, you know, the active button on all the products, I was, I was really nervous. Um, but it's a build up, you know, you've got to make sure that you're sending out, um, you know, packages to influencers, getting them on board, get the user generated content, get your name out there. Um, and then adding the subscribe list, making sure that you're using those email contacts. So we sent our email blasts that when we were launching. Um, so yeah, I guess following the steps and I mean, with Shopify itself, there's quite a bit to do. So in terms of launch, you know, setting up your bank accounts, um, business bank accounts, uh, had to sign up with zip pay with Afterpay. So there's just a lot of, um, I guess, little things that add up to a lot of time that goes into it. Uh, and those things, Shopify is quite easy to use. As you sort of go through the site, it will direct you on what you actually need to fill out and what you need to complete. You know, looking at the shipping rates, what are the estimated times, what's your process going to be for refunds, setting up an email account. So 
it's just all those little things. And I mean, setting up the email account, is something I would have thought that took, you know, 30 minutes, but it was like six hours to, to get your own one. So, and it's all a learning curve. And if there's something that you don't know how to do, I think the biggest thing is there's always a YouTube video that can show you how to do it. Uh, I even did some of the coding on my website to put the afterpay and zip pay on. So, I mean, there's really nothing that you, you, you can't do. Um, as long as you have got the, the ambition and to go and, uh, I guess, seek out the answers on YouTube, you'll absolutely be able to get it done. And a lot of the coding, for example, you can just get straight off of um, YouTube or Google. And um, I was quite lucky as well. My sister owns a brand, so she helps helped me, I guess, with the staff, you know, even around getting a, a shipping um shipping label printer and things like that you know they're just the things that you don't think of until you start going through and running through the steps and I guess I would suggest for anyone that is doing their store do an order yourself through the store just to make sure that all the emails are coming through that you've subscribed and that any of your campaigns through Clavio are also coming through so yeah there's a fair bit to do before your launch um but yeah I guess uh we launched and there was very minimal hiccups. So it was, it was good to see it. And if you miss something, you just gotta, you know, it's a learning curve for next time. Definitely. And I think that's a great thing to point out too, that there's so many steps involved, but at the end of the day, it is super rewarding actually pressing that button and seeing everything go live and seeing people actually enjoy the product that you've spent so, so much time creating. And I would love to know also, if you don't mind sharing, how successful was your launch? I know it's only been two months, but I feel that you have had quite great success so far. I definitely count myself lucky. I think we're rated in the top 5% for Shopify stores that launched in the same week as us. So um, that was really interesting to get that, um, I guess, that feedback that we are performing quite well in that space. But um, I guess for the first two months, we did about $12,000 in sales. So averaged about $6,000 a month, um, which given we've done very minimal influencer um, marketing today, a lot of it was just organic through Instagram with boost posts, to be honest, it wasn't, we didn't even have a marketing agency. Um, but yeah, so today we're really happy. Now we've actually onboarded a marketing agency. So we've started using um, social lab, but uh, yeah, I mean, we have done, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how we've done. <laughs> yeah, no, my hat comes off to you because it's such an amazing feat, especially having a full-time job as well. And I think you've done absolutely incredible. $6,000 in one month, let alone 12 in two is just amazing. And it's great to see that hopefully you'll keep having that consistency if it's already been two months. But yeah. I think also another thing you mentioned, which is really, really great when you're starting is adding in those little features like Afterpay and things like that. Have you found that having those... Uh, features on your website has helped with the success of your launch? Yeah, definitely. So we didn't get the Afterpay um, to about a week after we actually had issues with the Afterpay working. So it wasn't until sort of a week after the launch that we had Afterpay, but I would say majority of our sales now actually come through Afterpay. So I would highly suggest um, getting that on your store and, and downloading it. Um, I think especially because ours is probably a higher price point around the sort of $150 to $200 mark, um, it definitely does give people the option to obviously pay it off um, as they go, which a lot of people like these days. 
Mm, I definitely agree with you. Are there any other tips that come to mind from the success of your launch that you feel other people might benefit from, whether that's, you know, maybe you would have done more influencer marketing or you would have um, changed something on your website or added an extra button here or there. Is there anything that comes to your mind? Yeah, I think we've only just sort of started this. So we've started an upsell. So we, there's lots of, um, I guess, apps that you can actually download as part of your Shopify store. So, you know, some of them is around backing up your store so that you don't lose all the data if something was to happen. So that's, I would definitely recommend to do that to people. Um, there's a few others just around, I guess, um, one sort of pops up when a sale's made. So it, it creates that urgency with buyers and they can see that other people are purchasing your, your product. So that's definitely one that I would, um, I can't remember the name of it, sorry. But if, if you sort of, if people do Google the top 10 apps to utilize on Shopify, a lot of them are listed in there and that they're really good to read through and see how they're actually implemented and utilized. And now I, I just, last week we implemented the upsell. So you know, if someone purchases a sleepwear set, they get sort of, there's a $10 off um, the makeup bag if they want to buy that. So that there are other options. So if you do have a higher price point, look at some lower um, price point items that you can utilize to then upsell your customer. So definitely um, recommend that. And I think it's great, you know, increasing your AOV or average order value because then, you know, all your insights get better and it just helps you continue to grow and have that success, which I think is great that you pointed out those apps in particular. And, uh, you know, working towards wrapping up, I'd love to know, where do you see yourself in the next month or three months? Have you got anything in store for us in terms of influencer marketing or any big moves that you're really excited about? Yeah, so we are sort of the last couple of weeks we have been reaching out to, uh, I guess, larger influencers with sort of the like 100 to 400K mark just to get, I guess, Instagram reels, work on TikToks um, and then um, Instagram stories. So we are hoping that we should, um, I guess, take off, I guess, get more sales really from there. Um, at the moment, our main issue is stock. So um, that's probably another learning for people is just to understand if you are ordering from China, just understand when their holidays are. So the Chinese New Year, you know, their manufacturer, they're out for almost a month. So that's been a big learning for us. Um, so we've run out of some stock, um, especially with the Cream Bridgerton set. They're so popular. <laughs> they're, they're, um, yeah, I have people contacting me all the time. Um, but now we're going to look at, you know, doing a pre-order for the the cream sets as well. So that's another option. But it's, you know, these are things you don't think of and then you sort of learn as you go. Um, but, yeah, I definitely recommend, um, like, the influencers and getting user-generated content is a big one, I think, as well. That's people are resonating much more with, you know, seeing the everyday person um, utilising your product and putting it on their um, Instagram. So, that's a that's a big one that we're trying to go ahead with now, um, which is good that a lot of our customers actually share what when they're wearing it, which is good. It definitely helps, that's for sure. And I think I, I've seen your website and I've seen your products and they're absolutely stunning. And I know myself, I would be sharing it because it is so luxurious and I think it's a beautiful thing that you've made. And you mentioned how you've employed now an agency. Are you thinking about exploring Facebook ads or Instagram ads, TikTok ads and things like that to also help boost? Yeah, definitely. So um, we work with the social lab at the moment and that's through Facebook Facebook and Instagram ads. So we are starting that up and we've got um, 
a Google account manager as well who does ads through Google. Um, so that's, yeah, that's been really good. We also, you know, utilize people on Fiverr to get our SEO up um, on our Google search. So I was just actually checking that before I jumped on the call with you. So I was quite excited that we're on the first page, which is good to see. Um, but yeah, definitely I think there's a lot of value in getting marketing agencies and they're the experts. I think what I would like to do down in the future is actually look at TikTok ads. I think I seen um, some stat the other day that said, you know, TikTok gets more views than Google now. So I think that's probably going to be the up and coming platform for advertising. So yeah, I guess myself, I still got to learn how to TikTok <laughs> a bit better. I'm getting there. I'm an expert at the Instagram reels, but um, yeah, that's what we'll be looking forward to in the future. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it, that you can always learn how to new, use a new platform and have fun and experiment with your advertising as well. And I think, yeah, given all the amazing advice and the amazing insights you've given, I, I can only see your brand doing even better. And I'm sure we'll catch up again soon in the future. But the last question and my favorite question that I'm sure regular listens, listeners like is, do you have any feedback or advice that you might share with someone listening to this that might be stuck in the same journey where you are, where they really wanted something for their own and they really just wanted to make something for themselves? What would you share with them? I think my biggest advice would be just to go for it. Like don't overthink it. Like you can sit there and you can get overwhelmed when you think of every single little task that you need to do. Um, but I think you just need to go for it and write yourself a checklist and just, you know, tick it off day by day and work, work through it. And you'll be amazed in, you know, a month's time where you're actually at with your list. Um, because I know it can be overwhelming. You think, oh, I've never done a website before. You know, I've never had an e-commerce. I don't know how to ship things, but everything is learnable. Everything can be looked up on the internet. That's the beauty of the internet these days. Um, and there's nothing that you can't find on the internet. There's also, you know, women's groups on Facebook um, that you can sort of, for entrepreneurs, that you can ask questions and, you know, you'll instantly get hundreds of feedback from people around what they've found works and what it doesn't work, even with the start and scale um, community group through Facebook. So yeah, just start, like that would be my biggest advice. Don't overthink it. You don't have to have a perfect product to start with, um, just start. Yeah. Such incredible advice. And I completely agree with you. You'll never know what you can do until you start. And I think that's such, such incredible advice. And I've learned so much by speaking with you. So thank you, April, for sharing your insights and your, your journey with the villa. I can't wait to see the next couple of months to the next year. And hopefully we can sit down again and chat soon. I hope so too. Thanks for that. Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want to access the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com or head to the link in the show notes.